Praise God. Why don't you lift your hands and voices with me right now one more time. Can we thank him and praise him together for his great grace? Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. We thank you for your love toward us. Your unfailing, unconditional love toward us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray grace be imparted in this room right now. I pray the grace of God be released into the heart of every believer that would receive it of you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let the abounding grace of God flood the heart of every soul that would receive it of you this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray it be released into the heart. I pray the thoughts of the mind be captive. The Spirit of the Lord rise up in the soul of every believer. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I feel faith now in my spirit this morning. Amen. Well, some of you are thinking, man, he just preached once. Is he going to preach again? Well, we're going to dive in the Word a little bit. I just felt the Lord wanting to talk to somebody there. and So that's all right. Uh, you can be seated this morning. I'm going to read several places in Scripture. And so I... Uh, I want to uh, let you just sit down there, and we'll see where we start and where we end up today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Um, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. 1 Corinthians 12. We'll start there. When you find that, why don't you just hold your hand there. If you're using an old, we'll call it an old-fashioned Bible. It's a book is what we call it, a book with pages. If you're, if you're using one of those, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hold your finger there if you're using one of these books. And then I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and hold your finger there because we're going to flip over there and we'll just keep reading, okay? So 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4. Praise God. Good to see you in the house of the Lord today on this beautiful day. Amen. Before I forget, this Wednesday, um, we'll come together at uh, 7 p.m. as we usually do. Um, and we're asking you, if, if you're coming, we know a lot of people have plans. It's the 4th of July, and uh, so we respect that. Uh, fully and completely, um, but if, if you're free that evening, we'll still come together at 7 o'clock. Come, bring a dessert or something. We'll have a time of fellowship, um, and we'll see. We may open the Word together. We may just enjoy each other's time together as a body of Christ. That's what the Lord would have us do, but uh, again, we know it's a holiday, um, and so please don't feel an obligation. Don't use that as an excuse to just skip out. But, uh, again, if you've already got full commitments that day, we understand that. Amen? Thankful for this great nation of which we are a part. I don't think it's perfect. When you find that perfect one, you let me know. And, of course, the second you and I moved there, it probably wouldn't be perfect anymore. But I, I'm thankful for this great nation, the freedoms that it's afforded us, the privilege and honor I 
I've not traveled the whole world, but I've traveled a little bit of it. And I've been in other countries that are, quote, free countries and democracies. And it's not the same. It is not. The freedom that we have in this nation, it's unparalleled in the world. It really, really is. I've been to other free countries. And the, the very things that irritate me and upset me and anger me about some of the stuff that happens in our nation. I have to love it as well because we live in a nation that gives people the freedom to express those things. Even when they're wrong. Even if they are yahoos and they don't know what they're talking about. I'm saying that a little tongue in cheek, but you understand. We have a great nation. And I'm thankful for it today. Amen? 1 Corinthians 12, are you there? All right, we're going to read quite a few scriptures, but please hear the word of the Lord. Open your spirit to hear and receive the word of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For as the body is one, everybody say one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, everybody say one body, being many are There you go, you got it. One body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into... Uh, Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, so it doesn't matter what nationality we are. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we have all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Well, we know the answer to that. Paul's being rhetorical in his writing here. If the whole body were an eye, then where's the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, then where's the smelling? But now, verse 18 is where we are. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased them. Oh, that's not what it says, is it? No. We'd like it to say that sometimes. God put me in the body where it pleases me. Or put that person over there because that a please. No, no, no. God set members, every one of them. Notice, notice the specific choice of words the writer is using, inspired by the Holy Ghost. God set the member, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. God did it, not a man. God did it. This idea that a man or a woman can hinder a person's place in the body just doesn't carry weight unless a man or woman is greater than God. God sets members in the body as it pleased him. I, for some reason, I think of 
Gamaliel in the book of Acts when the Lord was using the disciples in the early church. And the high priest and the, the council said, you know, let's do this, let's do that to these disciples that are preaching Jesus. And Gamaliel finally stopped and said, oh, hold on a minute. He said, let's leave them alone. He said, if they're of man, don't worry about it. It'll come to naught. He said, but if the work they're doing is of God, we better just let them be lest we be found to fight against God. See, he even had the wisdom to understand men cannot stand in the way of God. Oh, they may be able to do it for a moment, but God ultimately, God ultimately will fulfill his plan in the earth. And so God sets members in the body as it pleased him. Verse 19, if they were all one member, where were the body? Wouldn't it be crazy if your whole body was just made up of hands? Well, that'd be a mess, wouldn't it? I mean, you could carry lots of stuff, maybe. You just couldn't go anywhere with it. I guess you'd learn to walk on your hands, but, <laughs> but you couldn't see where you were going. Right? You couldn't hear anything, and you'd look pretty goofy. But nobody would know if we were all that way. It's just silly to even consider, isn't it? If they were all one member, then where's the body? This idea that we should all act and be the same, function the same. I'm not talking about dismissing the word of God and just get to God any way you want. The Bible doesn't teach that. You understand. Verse 20. But now are they many members yet, but what? One body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again to the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more. Those members of the body which seem to be more feeble, they are necessary. Go back to verse 21 there real quick, young man. Thank you, Jeremiah. I want you to see this. See, sometimes when we, I, I want to just read, but I know sometimes when we just read over, we miss stuff because we've heard it before. But I want you to hear what the writer says. He's speaking to the church, us. We're a believer filled with the Spirit. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Who's he talking to? Who? He's talking to who? Trick question. The body. He's talking to the body. Is he talking to hands and feet? No. Who's he talking to? People. People in the body. Members that have been placed in the body, right? We agree with this. If you guys think this is going to get really deep or something, it's not. The Lord is wanting to talk to us. Sometimes we need to go back to some simple things. So he, you know, if God made his word all complicated and difficult, no, he intended for all of us to be able to come to him. So he's talking to members. Why don't, why don't you raise your hand like this and go, he's talking to me. Come on. He's talking to me. No, say that. He's talking to me. The Lord's talking to me and you and Levi, every one of us. He's talking to each one of us. And look what he just said to us individually as members. I cannot say, you cannot say, I don't need you. 
I didn't write that. Oh, I can say, you know, well, you know, the church needs this one and the, the body needs that one. But, you know, if uh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings here. But, you know, if TJ, he knows I love him, I need him. If, if TJ wasn't here anymore, we, we wouldn't miss a beat. I don't need him. I bet Sister Jessica might have something to say about that. No, every part and member of the body that he places in. And this is important the other way, too, because you know what will happen is the enemy of your soul and mind will come and say, you know what? Church would never even miss you if you weren't here. It's a lie from the pit of hell. God places members in the body as it pleases him. And no member, no part, not a single one of us can say, well, you know, I, I don't need you. Hear me today. If you think there's someone in the body that you don't need, you're deceived and you're lacking in your, the way God would like to grow and develop you and your place in the body because you're giving room to that idea that you don't need every part of the body. You say, well, I don't understand how they benefit me. I can't explain that either. I don't always know how everyone benefits another part. I don't understand that. But God does, and that's why he's the one placing members in the body, not me and you. Because he knows that. My hand has no idea how my foot does what it does. And my hand and my foot, and you've heard me say this before, but it bears repeating. My hand and my foot are never going to be connected in the body. Directly. But they're part of the body and they serve a function in the body. So it is with us as members. If you were at Posh, you heard this before, but it bears repeating. And if you weren't at Posh, I encourage you to go on the website or the uh, podcast and listen to those Posh sessions. There's one session where we ministered about comparing in the body. This idea of comparison, one among the other. Well, how come they, or why don't I, or I wish I, or the, that's not meant to be in the body of Christ. Paul was writing in Corinthians, and he made this statement. They that compare themselves amongst themselves are not wise. That should not happen in the body. It's foolish for me to compare my hand to my foot. They're two different parts. They serve two different functions. They're both just as important depending on the need of the body, not the individual part. And the moment I start comparing and measuring one against the other, what happens is I start building a divide in the body of Christ. And so the body doesn't function the way it's intended to function. And so if I don't receive my place in the body where the Lord puts me and seek to be connected in the body as He ordains, what I become is I become a schism in the body. How do I find my place? Well, we'll just keep reading a little bit. The members of the body which seem to be more few. So I can't say I don't need you. The member, Verse 23. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comely. Now, this is a, a small example, but it's so real. And since I started picking on Brother TJ, I'll just keep it going, I guess. And I please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying he's uncomely or not honorable. 
But, you know, we often, we often see those that do big things. We often see those that do things that is public. There's been many times, I, I don't know how many times, over the last couple of years that we've been here in this location, there's been multiple times I've simply grabbed Brother TJ by the arm and said, hey, man, I need to go. I need to get with this person. I need to do that. I've got this. Would you please just make sure that the air is taken care of, the lights are off, and everything's locked up? He's got a wife. they got four kids. He's probably thinking, man, I, I worked all day too, just like you. I'd like to go home. He's like, yeah. And, you know, he always says the same thing. Yeah, I got it. Now, you might say, big deal. He turns down the air, turns off the lights, and locks the door. That's a small thing. Oh, maybe to you. It has great value to me. The little thing. How much more in the body of Christ when the... See, sometimes we get this idea, how can I be... And we start measuring and comparing and looking for some big, grand, great thing to do. And go, how can I be like that? We start comparing in the body. And as a result, we don't function where we're supposed to and how we should in the body. Rather than going, what can I contribute to the body of Christ? What do I bring? What element can I provide? What can I? Oh, I see a need here. I, I have that ability. I'm just going to engage in that. Well, but what if nobody notices? What if they don't? Am I doing it so somebody will notice? Or am I doing it because I want to have a function in the body of Christ? When's the last time you asked your hand to do something for you? You guys are thinking about that. Right? No, our brain communicates something. We just understand, oh, no, it needs my hand knows what to do. It responds, right? I didn't, I didn't walk up. See, I just switched mic between. I didn't tell my hand, hey, switch the mic between your hands right now and do that. No, all the instruction for my hand comes from my head. My head simply had the thought, and the rest of my body just simply participated with my head. You get that? The rest of my body just simply participated with whatever my head thought and did. Who is the head of the body? Christ. And so when I'm connected to the head, I don't give a whole lot of thought to what I'm doing in the body. I just do what the head directs. The Lord's trying to take us somewhere here. He really is. He's trying to take us somewhere here. And I'm starting to get some clarity here around where we started before we dismissed the kids and where we are now. Because you know one of the greatest detriments that keeps us from functioning as a member of the body? It's when I can't give myself to the body fully because I'm so wrapped up in trying to deal with my deal. I'm not dismissing, you understand, please don't misunderstand me today. I'm not dismissing when we individually are going through things and facing stuff. But sometimes what that causes me to do is pull myself back from the body. And not make myself available. What's more important, my hand or my whole body? The whole body, right? Does every member have value? Absolutely. We just read that. 
every member has value. But as a member, should I value myself above the body? Well, that would be silly, wouldn't it? No, so what I understand, when I'm connected to the head and the Spirit of God is working in my life, I understand, okay, I'm going to go through things in life. That's part of life. Not minimizing that. I'm going to have these pains, pressures, problems. That's part of life. God must know something. He's doing something to me. He's working to me. I'm going to let him get glory out of this. But I'm going to stay connected to the body. And I'm not going to put myself as a member above the body and my purpose in the body and my function in the body. Do you know why when you and I go through stuff, the enemy tries to get us to separate from the body? Because what you and I need in ministry... Guess what? It flows through the body of Christ. And so if the enemy can get me to disconnect from the body when I'm going through difficult things, the enemy has tricked me into removing from the very flow that gives life to me. Can you imagine? We're going all over the place it feels like, but we're in the vein of the Spirit here. Can you imagine if... Pick on somebody besides TJ. Brother Martin, some of you guys saw it. Which, is it this hand? Yeah. So, Brother Martin hurt his hand about a month ago. Something like that. Some machine didn't have a guard on it, and so he fed his hand to it or something like that. And it ate part of his. It looks a lot better now. It had this big old. And Garrett that comes on Wednesday night, he showed me a picture the other night. He had a motorcycle accident, and the back wheel went out and. And it took a chunk out of his arm right here. Some of you saw Garrett sitting right over here, down from where Sister Artie is. He had a sling on. He had a motorcycle. It took a chunk right out of his arm. It was wrapped up and covered in a sling Wednesday night. He showed me a picture of it. And I saw Brother Martin's hand. Can you imagine if Brother Martin or Garrett, if they said, you know what? My hand right now is, it's really hurting. I mean, look, you can tell it's got a lot of problem and pain here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut my hand off. And I'm going to lay it over here, and then when my hand's better, I'll get it reconnected back. Or if Garrett said, well, you know, this big old hole in my arm right here, it's so glaring, it's so painful, I think what I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to have the doctor cut my arm off, and then when it heals, I'll have him reattach it. You guys hear me say that, and you're like, Brother Hart, you're being ludicrous. Absolutely, that is. That's complete foolishness. I understand the best way for his hand to heal and the best way for his arm to heal is stay connected. Why? Because when it's connected, even though it may not have the full function right now, blood is still flowing. White blood cells are getting to where there's problems. We understand that in the natural, but somehow in the spiritual, we think the opposite because the enemy deceives us. And so when I'm going through something and I got pain and I got hurt in my member, I go, I'm going to disconnect. And the enemy has deceived you and you've disconnected from the life-giving flow of God that comes through the body of Christ. You isolate yourself and separate yourself and decide when it's all better and everything's together, then I'll reconnect. And I don't mean this unkind, but I'm saying this in the Holy Ghost. That's as ludicrous as the example I just gave of disconnecting a hand and an arm. Body is meant 
have people here in the medical profession that will tell you the body really is designed to heal itself. Naturally, it's designed to heal itself. What is so greatly created is the human body. I mean, red blood cells, white blood cells, veins and capillaries and arteries and arteries that send it out, right? And veins that comes back. Is that right? Something like that. Trying to remember my biology. I don't know if that's exactly right. So you guys can correct me later. Is that right? See, I remembered something. So, yeah. And so what happens is blood pumps through your heart and it goes out those arteries. And so what is it doing? It's delivering much needed oxygen throughout your body. And then it's making this exchange when it gets to the end of its process and it's leaving oxygen and it's taking carbon dioxide out because that's damaging to your body. It brings it back and it expels it from your body. And this amazing body that God built and created and put together works that way in the natural How much more in the spiritual? And so the very life-giving flow that you and I need when there's damage or hurt comes through the body. Don't be deceived and disconnect yourself and isolate yourself. That's where healing comes. And I know we say, but it hurts and it's painful and I don't want people to see this. And look... Even the natural body teaches. I, I know about the big hole in Garrett's arm because he showed me a picture. But he didn't walk in here with it like this for everybody to see. Even wisdom taught him, okay, I need to have it treated. I need to put some, I'm using my own words here. I need to put some salve on this so that it doesn't get infected. And then I need to wrap it to protect it from other things that would try to get in there. Notice what I said, wrap it to protect it from other stuff that will get, not wrap it as a defense mechanism. It's got to be able to heal. It's got to be able to heal. The body does that. The body does that. The body of Christ has the ability to heal itself as long as it's connected to the head. Of course, if it's not connected to the head, it's not the body of Christ anyway. I don't even know what verse we're at. Verse 24. We may not get past this chapter today. We'll just see. Our comely parts have no need. Watch this line right here. But God. Everybody say, but God. Remember, he's the one who set the members in the body. Okay. Not only did he set members in the body, but God hath tempered the body together. That word tempered together, literally, it just simply means he's caused the parts to combine into an organic living structure. God set members in the body and then God did something that said, I can take this boy from the Yakima. You're not from the Yakima, are you? Is that right? I can take this boy from the Yakima Reservation and I can take this boy from Arkansas and I can bring them together 
in a way that no one would have ever thought possible. And their lives can look so dramatically different, but yet have so many similarities along the way. And I can bring them together. And there can be a connection made that only God can make. That there can be a flow from one to the other. And ministry can be exchanged. And people would look and say, how is that possible? Only one way. But God. But God. Look, can I just be as blatantly honest as I know how to be with you today? Not that I'd ever be less than I hope, but I can't tell you how many times when I'm talking to the Lord and praying about the body of Christ here and the work of the kingdom here. I can't tell you how many times I go, God, what is this goofy kid from Arkansas doing here? How is it that you connected us and I, I think of you different ones and your families and God, how is it that you would entrust us with one another? How, I, I, I mean, I, I literally do. I see your faces. I see your families. I, I know many of you, the stories of your life and the journeys that you've been through, that we've been through. And I see these different things. And I think, God, how is it? And I'll watch when, you know, four years ago, he'll interject someone like a sister Jasmine into the mix. And I'll watch when two and a half years ago, He'll bring Brother Martin, somebody, he'll inject them into the mix. And so I, I don't take that for granted. I, I see these things and I watch them. God, what is it? How is it? What are you doing? You got a plan here in the body. And I've watched some of you where God's brought you and sort of put you in. And then you sort of like, I'm not sure. And you're feeling pulled. And so you've sort of disappeared for a little bit. But, but the drawing of the Spirit keeps coming. What's happening? Is that Man trying to motivate. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what's happening. God is saying, I'm setting members in the body. And what you felt when you were there was because I was putting you in the body. And that was where there was connection for you. That's God ordained. Why does God do it that way? I mean, look around. Just look around. Look at this mixture of people in this room. Look at how different and diverse we are. And you think either God has a sense of humor. And I think he does. I mean, he made me, so he must. But you know what also? No one could look at this mixture of people and say, oh, well, you know, they, they're all pretty much the same, so they just agreed to come together. No, no. God said, when I'll build it, people will look and go, Jews, Gentiles. I mean, it, it's... There's no commonality there when I look on the surface. But when they get together, there's a bond that man can't create. God has tempered the body together. God did that. You're not here by accident. God did that. Give him more abundant life. Verse 25, why did he do this? Why would God do all that? That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. That word schism there, it means division or dissension. There should be no division or no dissension. Does that mean that everybody in the body should agree on everything? That's not what it means at all. Now, there, there are some things that are, are not, what's the word I'm looking for? 
They're not discussable or up for debate. There's the word. There's things in the word of God. They are absolutes. Not up for debate. For the body of Christ, we have to agree on those things. But we're not going to agree on everything. That's not what he's talking about when he says there should be no schism in the body. The thing I was talking about earlier about comparing one another, you know what that does? That brings division in the body. Notice what he said there. The members should have the same care one for another. That literally translated could read this way. The members should have the same care for every part that they have for themselves. That's the body of Christ. Why is this? And I was going to read two other places. We're not going to do that today. I feel like the Lord is saying what he's wanting to say right here in 1 Corinthians. But you can go read Ephesians chapter 4. He talks about these things again. What's interesting is that word schism right there. The Greek word that's there, and I don't have it memorized, so I can't tell you what the Greek word is, but I do know this. I know this about that Greek word that's used there, schism, is that the Apostle Paul also used it in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 10. And he also used it in 1 Corinthians either 10 or 11, I think. So this is the third time in 1 Corinthians that the Apostle Paul has used this Greek word schism or division. And he started in the first chapter of Corinthians when he said, I hear that there may be divisions among you. So he wrote this whole letter of 1 Corinthians trying to deal with this issue to bring unity in the body of Christ. To drive out anything that would be a schism, anything that would be a divider. Anything that would be a divider, anything that would come between that would cause a disconnect in the body of Christ. And when I start comparing, I promise you I'm starting to drive a wedge of disconnection. Why is unity in the body so important? I think we understand after all we've shared already today. The opposite of unity is really disconnection. When there's disconnection, there's not a true flow. But when there's unity, there's a true flow of the Spirit of God. That's why even in something as simple as coming together on a Sunday morning, when I come, I have to be here. I have to be present with my spirit. You say, well... I need something. Maybe I do, but you know what? When I'm, when I'm in the prayer room praying, I'm praying, God, you know what I need, and you know how I can flow through the body. But God, you also know what's needed in the body, and you know how you want to use the body to minister today. And so, God, I've got to be connected to you and to the rest of the body the way you want me to so your spirit can flow and accomplish what you want to. That's how important this is. That's why the Apostle Paul was writing and stressing this idea of unity in the body and God tempering the body of Christ together. Why don't you stand with me today? Please hear me. There's not a member of the body that is insignificant. 
pastor's not a member. You say, oh, that sounds nice. No, I believe it with all of my heart. There's not a single member of the body that's insignificant. Every member has value. What we have to do is we have to determine, Lord, the body is greater than I as a member. Let me function in my place in the body according to your will. God, where I've drawn comparisons or looked or dismissed myself or excused myself or disconnected myself. God, heal whatever would cause me to do that. And let there be a reconnecting that there is a unity in the body and the work of your spirit in the body the way that you want to work. You ever tripped over your own foot? Just gave yourself away. See, you, you have. You ever tripped over your own foot? When you tripped over your own foot, did you go, that dumb, stupid foot, I'm going to cut that thing off. Well, you know what? I'll just keep those two feet apart from now on. Not just, you walk around town like that very long, somebody come check on you. Well, you know. Me and that foot, we just, it's better to keep them apart because, I mean, the last time I got close, I tripped over it. You didn't start walking like that because you tripped over your own foot. Oh, I know what you did. You went and you started kicking that foot. All right, you dumb foot. I'm going to make you. No, that's silly. But, oh, God forbid a member of the body should do something to trip me up. I'll cut them off in a hurry. They do something less than perfect or show their humanity in any way. I'm much holier and better than that. So I will make sure I distance myself from them. Matter of fact, I might even tell some other member of the body about them. That way they make sure they keep their space too. Because I'm really looking out for the body. Oh, right. Keep believing that lie. The members have care. One for another. When I trip over my own foot, you know what I do? I get up and I'm like, come on, guys, let's work together here. <laughs> no schism in the body. Here's why unity is so important. We're going to finish. We're going to pray today. I think it's important that we find a place to pray and let the word of God work in our heart. And we'll probably talk more about this, but I feel this is critical. Individually, scripturally, individually, if we are spirit-led believers, we know from Romans chapter 8, then we are the sons of God, right? Romans chapter 8 tells us as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so if we are spirit-filled and led by the Spirit, then we are the sons of God. When you read the scripture, the scripture does not say that the Lord is coming back for his sons. Did you ever notice that? Nothing in scripture that says the Lord is coming back to take his sons to heaven to be with him. Search it out. It's not in there. You and I may be a son of God, but he's not coming back for a son to take to heaven. When it says he's coming back, he's coming back for his church. Matter of fact, he has a name for his church. He calls his church the bride of Christ. 
And guess what? There is no individuals. I'm not the bride and you're the bride. And there's a bunch of individual brides that he's coming back for. God is not a polygamist, I've decided. When he comes back, he's coming back for one church. His church, the scripture says, that hath made herself ready. A glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Individually, we're the sons of God. But when unity comes... When unity comes and we allow ourselves to be tempered together by his spirit. And I don't seek to be disconnected. I seek to be connected according to the ordained word and will of God. In unity, we become the body of Christ, the bride. And we're never called the bride individually. Unity is what makes us the bride. Unity is what makes us the bride. If you're not in unity, you're not part of the bride. I don't care how full of the Holy Ghost you think you are. Unity makes us part of the bride. Amen? Why don't we talk to the Lord right now? Right where you are is fine. Come on, if the word of the Lord has dealt with any place in your spirit and heart, would you be honest with him about that right now? Come on, if the Lord has reached in today and began to talk to you about his placing of you in the body and your function in the body and his love towards you, beckoning you to be engaged and involved in the body, maybe you've disconnected a little bit and he's inviting you to reconnect Maybe there's some places in your life that need healing. And he's saying, hey, I can do that. But you got to be willing to stay connected to let me bring healing. Maybe you've been sort of touch and go. I've tried to connect and then I've pulled away. And then I've connected and I've pulled away. And the Spirit of the Lord is reaching to you today and saying, come on, stop that. Get connected and stay connected. There's life-giving flow. And you have place in the body of Christ. Let His Spirit minister there. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. I pray the unity of the Spirit, the connecting that comes in one body that you have built, Lord, your members placed by you, tempered together by you, God, that your will would be done in, with, and through us for the glory of God, for the glory of God, for the glory of God. A unity of spirit uh, that the world would see and know that we are your church. Uh, not that we would be exalted, but that you would be exalted, Lord. Your ministry through your body. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you find someone to pray with today? I think that would be good. Find someone to agree with in prayer. To connect with. Don't hide yourself away and disconnect. Find someone to pray with. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, make yourself available to somebody. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray today. 
We trust you, Lord. None of us are individuals of ourselves, God. But we need you. We need the connections that come in the body of Christ. That you ordain, Lord, where you place members, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh, God, bring unity in the body, connecting in the body of Christ. Each one, each part, each one with value, oh, Lord. In the name of Jesus, let strength flow through the body of Christ. Let the ministry of your spirit, Lord, according to your word, flow. I pray healing today in the body of Christ. I pray balm of Gilead flow today through your body. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, by your word and by your spirit today. Your will and your work in the body today, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being a part of the body of Christ. Would you, in the days ahead, as you talk with the Lord, would you continue to pursue Him in this regard? By that I mean, would you, as you pray, would you say, God, I want to fulfill my role in the body according to your purpose. God, I want to fulfill my role in the body according to your purpose. According to your purpose, God, just lead me and I'll go. Show me and I'll do. Just let me fulfill my role in the body according to your purpose. And I promise you, as you seek him in that manner, you'll know and you'll do. Because he'll lead you in that. Because he wants that more than you and I do. He didn't, he didn't just place you to sit on a bench. He placed you with purpose. Amen. Praise God. The Lord bless you today. Reach someone you're dismissed in his precious name.